Okay, we're starting new Masechta, Beit Zedat Beis. And the opening discussion here in Masechta <coughs> revolves around Muksa. So let's just give a little general introduction to the laws of Muksa. Um, their basic idea is that we do find by the Mun, the Torah already mentions when the Mun descended that uh, things were supposed to be prepared before Shabbos. Now, the simple interpretation of that passage by the Mun is always about that, you know, whatever had to be baked, cooked, you're supposed to be done. So that's definitely like the simple interpretation. Um, it's just take care of all the baking needs of the man before, before Shabbos. But the Torah does emphasize the word they should prepare that which they bring. So the Gemara, we'll see later on in the Masechta, will give us some sort of smacht, I'll call it, or basis to muksa from there, which is basically the things that you're going to eat on Shabbos, things that you're going to be using on Shabbos are supposed to be prepared. Now, that doesn't mean that every single thing that you want to move and use on Shabbos, you should walk around, you know, with a, with a little clicker and designate it before Shabbos. But it means that they have to be designated in the sense that that's what they are. It's just like their, their makeup. It's something that is used. So something which is a kli, something which is a food, something like that. Those things just are, that's what they are. Their identity is that they're made to be used. But if you look at something like, I don't know, a rock or a stick or something like that, it's not made to be used. It's just, it's there. It wasn't fashioned, it wasn't made, it's, it's not designated in any way, it just kind of is there. So even if you have a creative usage that you want to do with it on Shabbos, or Yontif, you want to take a rock and um, move it, it's in your way, you want to take it and, and uh, use it as a door, a door stop or something, that's a problem called muksa. Okay, so that's the basic idea. Now there's a tremendous machlokas about the scope of muksa. You know, so let's say something really now on Shabbos is only to be used, but when Shabbos started, it really wasn't. We'll see a bunch of those cases. So there will be a big machlokas between Rabbi Shimon and Rabbi Yehuda uh, in regard to the scope of muksa. Rabbi Shimon generally is much more lenient in muksa. Rabbi Yehuda is much more, um, much more machmer. And we'll see, we'll see many, many illustrations, different ideas as we go along. So the Mishnah starts off, Let's say an egg is laid on Yantif. So on Yantif, right, the mother, theoretically, you could shecht and eat the mother, right? In Yantif, you're allowed to do any malacha, which is the tzarech ochol nefesh. You're allowed to do and do slaughtering. You're allowed to cook. Anything which is for fruit preparation, you're allowed to do. So the mother, everything is good. But what happened is, is that the egg is laid on Yantif. The egg comes out on Yantif. So what's the din? Can you eat the egg that's laid on Yantif? Bishami says, go for it. Eat it. No problem. The egg is totally fine. Go and eat it. Bishol says, you cannot eat it on Yantif. And we're going to see from the Gemara as well that not only are we saying that you can't eat it, but Bishol is really concerned that you can't move it either. It's really like off limits. It becomes like a state of muksa, And we'll see why. Why is Bishol saying that the egg which is laid is a problem? Then once we brought a machalogos to Bishol, then we just get into a tangent about other disputes that are related somewhat to Yantif but aren't of nothing to do with the egg. Bishami Amram Sarvik Zayz Wachamitz Bechotzeves If you remember this from Sachem, there's two types of things you can't, you can't eat and own on Pesach. You can't have like sourdough. That's like the super not really edible parts, but like they, they cause leavening in other doughs. And then you have regular chametz, like a piece of bread. So sa'ar, if it's the, if it's the leaven, then the shear to become chayv is the size of an olive. But if when you're talking about the isra of chametz, like a piece of bread, then the shear is that you're not chayv unless it's the volume of a date. So more lenient perspective. Both the Isra of leaven and the Isra of the Chametz apply even if it's just the volume of an olive, we are machmer for that. So Bishol here is being again more machmer about something that Bishami was more lenient. That's why these are anomalies. Here we have two examples of a machlokas where Bishamai is being more lenient than Bishol. He's letting you eat the egg when Bishol does not, and he's saying that the shear of Chametz is only the date when Bishol is saying that it's the size of an olive. 
A third dispute. We know that when you shacht a chaya or an oaf, the Pasuk in Acharimo says, that what are you supposed to do when you shacht a chaya or an oaf? You're supposed to cover the blood. You're supposed to take dirt and cover the blood. Now, taking dirt, not always, but possibly, and we'll see many variables in the Gemara, may run into yontif issues. Because you're not allowed to dig on yontif. So if it's, you have to loosen the soil, that's a problem. You can't crush on yontif. So if the dirt, you have to crush it up, that theoretically would be an issue. Also, dirt might be muksa. Theoretically, it might not be only for usage. So there might be many issues that you might run into. We'll see most of them are going to be the Rabbana at the end of the day. But you might run into issues. So what happens? Somebody shafted a wild animal or, or, or a bird on Yantav. Now, again, a domestic animal, you don't have to cover the blood. It's only Chaya or Oaf. So go dig with, uh, with the shovel and cover the blood. You go do it. According to Bishamai, the rabbis didn't say... That, um, that, that you shouldn't do Kisei Adam and Yantif. And again, obviously you can't do it Darai, so we'll see in the Gemara, but we're dealing with circumstances only Darabanan. Better not to slaughter them from the outset unless you already have, you know you have earth which was prepared from the previous day. Meaning, Beisola is saying, don't get yourself into this mess. Better not to get involved with the mess, better not to do it. Don't do it unless you have dirt that's prepared. Modim, but Beisola would still concede, Shem Shachat. If you already did shach, and now the mice of the blood is sitting there, you should go dig out with your shovel and cover the blood with the earth. And then we add one more thing, because the ashes that are, on the, that are on the stove are considered prepared. So that has nothing to do with us. The ashes that are found on the stove are prepared and not muksa. What in the world does it have to do with our discussion about whether you should, uh, you already shacht at a chayv oaf and the blood is sitting there. What, what does that have to do with whether or not you should you should go take the dirt and cover it. So the Gemara will be very bothered by that line. We'll have to explain it. So this third dispute, we really don't have so much clarity what in the world is going on. We really have to wait for the Gemara's analysis. But what we can say now is that there are potential Durabanan issues that can come up with covering the blood with the dirt on Yantif. And the question is whether the Rabbanan were going According to Bishama, they were not. Go for it. According to Bishama, they said not to. Better not to put yourself in the predicament. Better not to shacht. But if Bidiyevit, you're already in the situation. At this point, you're already shafted and the blood is sitting there. Then the rabbis are not going to tell you not to do it. You should go ahead and do the Kisui Hadam. Okay, so now the Gemara is going to, we're going to spend most of our time here until, for the, definitely today, analyzing the first dispute. An egg is born on Yantif. An egg is born on Yantif. It's laid on Yantif. Beishamay says, eat it, no issue. Basil has a concern, do not eat it. We're going to view it somehow like Moksa. So the Gemara analyzes, but my asking on what is the mother? What is the hen in this situation? If the, 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 the was omedis for eating, meaning there are two types of um, purposes that somebody can have a hen. You could have a hen which is designated at some point to go ahead and slaughter and eat. And you could have a hen which is designated to have an egg farm, right? To, to, to lay eggs. What's the big difference? The difference is the status of the mother on Yontif. If it's designated for shechita, then it's not a muksat item, the hen. The hen is like a food, even though it's not prepared yet. It's like a raw food. Think of it like a raw food. You have to go slaughter it and cook it. But, but it's basically designated to be eaten. And Yant, if you're allowed to do those activities, everything's fine. It's not moksa. So the Gemara says, if you're dealing with a Tanakolas, which is omedis for slaughtering, so it's like a raw food, why would Basil come along and say that the egg is now a moksa entity because it came out of the mother? It's no different than one food which separates from another food, meaning all you'd have in this situation in other words, like the farther extreme is like you, you have a loaf of bread, which is in one form, and you cut off a slice. That's the ochla difference. Are you somebody going to say, hey, the slice is muksa? No. Because hey, the slice wasn't designated. 
Oh, that's ridiculous, right? The loaf of bread was designated, so all parts of the loaf of bread are not muksa. Even if you change the form a little bit and, you know, whatever it is, now it's a slice, that's not going to be a muksa item. It's just a slice of the loaf. So over here, you have a mother. The mother hand is a piece of food. That's what it is. It's a raw piece of food, but it's a piece of food because it's omedes for achila. Now, the, and, and, and part of the mother hand, we have no question, part of the mother hand is an egg. So it's part of the food. And now, you, it's as if the, 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 you slice off a, a little bit, and now I have a slice of bread instead of a loaf of bread. Here, the, the egg came out. Instead of having you know, the, whole, the whole mother intact, here I have the egg. So it's a slice of the loaf of bread, says the Gemara. There's no reason why that's not moksa. In other words, if the mother's status is not moksa, so then when the egg comes out, it itself, it itself is now not going to be moksa either. That's the very strong anachal the Gemara makes. Ella, you have to say the mission is dealing with the hen, where the hen was moksa. The hen was designated not for slaughtering and eating. The hen is not a food. The hen is going to, is a, it's on the egg farm. It's kept alive in order to produce eggs. So such a hen is not only made for usage on Yontif. The hen is muksa. Now it makes sense. Now it would make sense what Basil is saying. Because in that situation, you have a big muksa entity. You have a hen which is omedes to raise eggs. And now an egg comes out. So it's, it's basically a big non-muksa, a big muksa item which, which, which the egg comes from. So even though right now, even though right now, the egg in its own right, when you just analyze the egg, its egg is only to be eaten, it's good, but it came from a non-muksa item. From, sorry, from a muksa item. So since it came from a muksa item, we could understand that it's muksa. But the problem is, it's too good. Now what's the pshat of Beishamai? Clearly such a thing is muksa because the egg, and here's the key, the mother was moksa. Now the egg, when it comes out on Yontif, and I just look at the egg in its own right, yeah, it could be a food. But it wasn't designated in any way. When Yontif started, this thing wasn't in that form. The thing was just in the mother. It wasn't in the form that it was ready to be eaten at all. It wasn't laid. So if the mother would have been omade for achila, then you could say it's just like a slice of bread that was sliced off. You could say, no, it was part of the mother and it was a food and it was not moksa, so it's not moksa as well. But if the, it's inside of a mother, which is omedes like and the mother is a moksa item, just because the egg comes out now and is fit for usage, that doesn't allow you to for it to be good. But when Yontif started, this thing is not designated. That's the Gemara's question. So either way, we can't understand the dispute. If it's a medas da'chila, it shouldn't be moksa. If it's a medas da'chila, it should be moksa. But there's no room to see a dispute here between Bishama and Bishol. So the Gemara says, my kusha, maybe Bishama doesn't hold of moksa. Now what does it mean he doesn't hold of moksa? Everybody holds of moksa. It means that in the machlokas, the big machlokas in, in, in Mesech HaShavah between, between Reb Shimon and Reb Yehuda, Reb Shimon is always called Leslie Moksa. He doesn't hold the Moksa. It doesn't mean he disregards it completely, but it means that he's very lenient. He's very lenient. He holds that as long as the item here is fit for usage, it, we don't really care that it was designated before Shabbos. So I'll give you an example. Reb Shimon would agree that a rock is Moksa because a rock, even now, it's not made for usage. So if you want to move or use a rock for some creative thing you want to use, but it's not omid for that. It's still just a regular rock. It's not a cleat. It's not something omid for usage. It's not a rock. It's, not, it's just a regular rock. Everybody agrees to that moksa. Bishamah also would. But if let's say I have something like this egg, the egg now is really fit for usage. That's what it is. Once it's laid, it's something which is fit for usage and made. It's like a food. But it wasn't designated for that. When Yontif began, it wasn't in that state. That would be a dispute, Reb Shimon and Reb Yehuda. Reb Shimon would say, it's not moksa. The bottom line is, now it's a food. So if now it's a food, you're allowed to move it and eat it. And but Reb Yehuda would say, but it wasn't designated before Yontif as a food. So when Yontif started, it wasn't around, it's no good. So Yontif now, even now when Yontif, when the egg is laid, you can't use it. 
So that's what the Gemara means. Beishami doesn't hold of moksa, meaning he doesn't hold it has to be prepared so far in advance. As long as now the egg is here and it's fit to use, we're good. The Gemara says, but the Gemara says, Kosal Kotaitin, Afiluman, Afiluman Deshari Bemuksa, Benoilad Aser. Our problem with that theory is that we think even the person who's Matar Moksa, even Reb Shimon who's Matar Moksa, he's masking that no lot is Aser. The Gemara is saying that there's a very big difference between our egg and some other cases. In our, keg, in our case, the egg wasn't here. It's as if it was born. So even Reb Shimon, even the more lenient view who's Matar Moksa, he's not going to be Matar No Lot because it's like, it's so, um, it was so not prepared at all to the extent that it looks like as if it didn't exist in the world, that even that would be a problem of Moksa. That's a type of situation, that's a type of category where even the more lenient view would concede that that's Moksa. That's what we think. So therefore, we're bothered. In other words, we could hear, we could hear that Reb Shimon is more lenient and Beishamah follows Reb Shimon. We're down with that. The problem is, we think that even Reb Shimon would say that this egg is muksa because even Reb Shimon who says that as long as now it's fit to use, you're good, that has to be that like it was around before Yontif, just it wasn't in the form it was going to use, so if something changed and now it's in the form that you can use, Reb Shimon would be lenient. But here, the egg wasn't even around. It was no lad. So an egg that's no lad, we think that even Reb Shimon would say it is no lad, it's still a problem, so now our question is back. What's Pshan and So we need solutions, okay? If it's Omed Dachila, of course it's not muksa. What's Pshan and Beishel? If it's Omed Dachila, what's Pshan and Beishamai? And don't tell me he doesn't hold of muksa, because this is like no lie. This is like the egg was born. There's no way that Beishamai is going to allow this. So the Gemara is going to give us four different Pshatim today. We're going to see two. Says the Gemara, Amar Rav Nachman. Three quarters of the way down, Beishamai Alaf. Amar Rav Nachman. The old Matana goes to Omed Dachila, Beishamai. We're talking about that the hen was, was omade to raise eggs. The Gemara switches that anacha, that premise. If you hold of moksa, if you're machmer and moksa like Rabbi Yehuda, then you hold of nolad. But if you're makel and moksa like Rabbi Shimon, then you're makel even if it's nolad. As long as the item is now fit and omade to be used, even if it wasn't even here when Shabbos or Yontif began, it's not a problem. The Gemara is switching that premise. Reb Shimon does not subscribe to Nolat. So Bisham, like Reb Shimon. Bisham holds like Reb Shimon. So that's what the Gemara switches. Even Nolat, Bishamai or Reb Shimon could be lenient, even though it wasn't even here in the world when Yantif started. But as long as now it's an item that's only to be used, it's an egg which is like a food now which is only to be eaten, it will not be a problem of Moksa. That's what the Gemara is switching. And again, I can't overemphasize this, I'll just repeat it one last time. Avada, a rock, is muksa, even according to these views. Because a rock or a stick, even right now, it's not omit for usage. The key with the egg is that now it's here and omit to be eaten. The issue is that it wasn't prepared at all before Yont. That's Machlokas Beishimin and Rabbi Yehuda, and now Machlokas Beishamah and Beishel. The Chiddush of the Gemara is that even if it was no lot, it's not just that it wasn't prepared, it wasn't even here, where still we go so extreme that Beishamah and Rabbi, and Rabbi Shimon would be lenient. Okay, so that's Rav Nachman's dispute. So now, what comes out from Rav Nachman? It comes out that Basil is Machmer in Moksa, like Rabbi Yehuda. That's what comes out. So, Frek the Gemara, Amiyam, Rav Nachman, does Rav Nachman really say this? It comes out from him that Machlokas Basham Basil is really Machlokas Rabbi Shimon, Rabbi Yehuda, and Moksa of Atanam. We learned in the Mishnah. Let's say it's Shabbos, and at the end of your meal, you have bones and shells which are left over. Now, these are the ones, you're not going to eat them. Right? They're not really only to be eaten or something like that. But theoretically, maybe you would give them, maybe you would give them to an animal. 
So according to Reb Shimon, even though they wasn't designated on any level to be animal food before, but it's not muksa because even though before, let's say you have like a, you know, I don't know, a cherry pit, right? So the cherry pit or something like that, or this bone or shell, before it was only, it was just part of the cherry. Now in the middle, it like becomes like changing because it's no longer fit for human consumption, but maybe somebody would give it to their animal. But nobody designated for that. It's not what it was all made for before. Before it was part of the cherry. So Reb Shimon, so Beishamai says, no problem. It's not Moksa. Everything's good. Again, he's lenient. Why? Because Lamai said, now it's an item which is all made for animal usage. I wasn't prepared for that before, so what? Basil says, no. You're not allowed to move the shells directly. You have to, what you, the only thing you can do, in other words, he holds their muksa. The only thing you can do is you move the whole table board. They used to have like a tabletop board. You pick up the whole board and you could shake them off. Because the board is not muksa, and now that the muksa items are on it, so you're allowed to pick up the non muksa item and shake the muksa items off. That's called tiltal menatzad. That you're allowed to do. But you're not allowed to move the shells directly. So basically, we have a machlokas, Beishama is saying the shells are not moksa, and Basil is saying, no, once the shells get separated from the cherry, they're no longer part of the food, and now they're just here that they could theoretically use them for animal food. No, it's moksa, because they weren't prepared, they weren't designated, they weren't only to be animal food when Yantav started, when Shabbos started, rather. So that's the Mishnah. It sounds very consistent. What did Rav Nachman come along and do? Va'amer, Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman, when we learned that Mishnah, Rav Nachman stood up and said, he reversed the opinions about who said what. He made Beishamai Machmir and Beisilo Mekel. Why? Because he wanted Beishamai to hold like Rabbi Yehuda and Beisilo to be Mekel like Rabbi Shimon. So even though the text in front of us was the opposite, Beishamai was letting you pick up the bones and Beisilo was not, Rav Nachman was adamant that we got to flip the opinions. We flip the opinions and we make Beishamai go lachumra like Rabbi Yehuda that you cannot pick up the shells and Beisila lenient like Rabbi Shimon that you could pick up the shells. Why in the world would Rav Nachman do that? And the answer is he paskin like Beisila. And since he paskin, I'm sorry, he paskin like Rabbi Shimon. I'm sorry, I meant to say. Paskin like Rabbi Shimon. So he wanted to make sure Beisila and Rabbi Shimon were aligned. Because if you got Beishamai aligned with Rabbi Shimon and Beisila aligned with Rabbi Yehuda, then it would be weird to paskin like Rabbi Shimon. To be lenient. So we see Rav Nachman there, in that case, what did he say? That Basilo holds what in Ilchus Muksa? Like Rav Shimon, the lenient view. And Beishamai is the one who's machmer like Rav Yudah. According to Rav Nachman's interpretation here, Masachas Beitza, I think it's the exact opposite. We just made Beishamai says, eat the egg, because he holds like Rav Shimon. And Basilo says, don't eat the egg, because he holds like Rav Yudah. So according to Rav Nachman, we're going to have a huge contradiction. That's the Gemara's problem. Rav Nachman here is telling us that the case is Omaz Lagadu beats him. The Machlokas is Beishamai holds like Rav Shimon. There's no muksa, there's no nolad, be souls like Rebuda, so it's muksa and nolad. Problem is, in Masecha Shabbos, in regard to moving the shells on the table, Rav Nachman switched the problems and made Beishamai be machmer like Rebuda, and Basil be lenient like Reb Shimon, in order to make Basil like Reb Shimon. So it comes out at exact stira. A different way of putting it is, how could Basil say, don't eat the egg on Yontif, if Basil holds that you're allowed to move the shells and pits after the meal on Shabbos? So the Gemara answers, I'm going to show you an Amaridika thing. We know Machlokas from Shunur Yudah of Moksa. What do the Stam Mishnahism hold? What does the Stam author of a Mishnah hold? In a Mishnah in Shabbos, it holds like Rab Shimon. What's the proof? It says in a Mishnah, two cases. Let's say you have a gourd which was attached to the ground before Shabbos, but then somehow it got detached on Shabbos. Are you allowed to cut it up? Is it a Moksa item, that gourd? So the opinion, no, it's not a muksa item. You could cut it up in front of the animal to help it eat it. What's the pshat? 
because we don't hold the muksa. Even though it wasn't designated for this use before Shabbos, it was still grown, it was still attached to the ground. But if for whatever reason it got detached on Shabbos, then it's not muksa, because now it's only to be used. One example. Or a, 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 a carcass. A carcass is what? A dead carcass, a dead novella, is animal food. But when Shabbos started, it was a live animal. It wasn't, it wasn't homemade for that. So now that it's a carcass, now that it died on Shabbos, is it muksa? No, it's not, because now it's only to be used. Again, a rock is muksa because it's not only to be used. These items now are only to be used, but they weren't prepared for that way before Shabbos. When Shabbos started, there wasn't a carcass or a cut up or, or a detached gourd. It was a gourd or a carcass which wasn't in the matzah that it was only to be used for animal food. Now that in case something happened on Shabbos, so this time is saying it's not muksa, it's not a problem. So that's a Stam Mishnah that holds like Rip Shimon. Because if you're a Yudah, both of those cases would be muksa. Because it wasn't all made for that when Shabbos started. So you have a Stam Mishnah that holds like Reb Shimon in the laws of Shabbos. So therefore, Mukim Lala Beit Solak Reb Shimon, when we came to another Mishnah on Shabbos with the bones and the shells, we wanted, we, we wanted it to be Basilo like Reb Shimon. Because once I see that the Stam Tana is Mako like Reb Shimon in the laws of Shabbos, so I want Basilo to hold like Reb Shimon so that everything is in sync. The halacha, the lenient view, is what's really at play in Shabbos. However, look at what happens here at top of the Amid base. Gabi Yontif is also going to When we learn Yontif, when we learn Beitza, we're going to see that the Stam Tana goes like Rabbi Yehuda. It's not, it says in a Mishnah, now, and, and you're, allowed to use, you're allowed to use firewood, right? And Yontif. It's not, it's not a problem. It's not a problem to use firewood because that's Mutter, you know, if you have to make a fire for, for cooking or something like that, that's Mutter. So, but what type of beams are going to use? You can't take it from a beam that's on a construction site. Why? Because the, the beams are totally moksa. Even according to Rabbi Shimon, those beams are moksa. That's for sure moksa. You know why they're moksa machas chas from kiss? It's like, that's your merchandise. That's what you're going to use for your business. Nobody would ever do that. I'll give you an example. You buy something from Amazon and you decide you want to return it and it's sitting in your house on Chavez. You cannot move that on Chavez. That's called moksa machas chas from kiss. That's your merchandise. That's very important to you. That's your business business here. You're not allowed to move that material on Chavez. Everybody would agree. So if you now come along on Yontif and you say, hey, let me just use that nice beam. Let me just use it for firewood. I'm really desperate. You cannot do that. It's not what the beam is really omade for. So that everybody agrees to. That has nothing to do with us. But what we need is the next case. Or a beam that broke on Yontif, meaning not a fancy beam that you were at a construction site going to build or use. Just a random beam that broke. And now that it broke, what's it omade for? Firewood. That's all it's going to be used for. Still, you can't use it. Why not? Right now, it's a broken piece of wood. Of course, that's all it is. It's firewood. Why not? Territ is because when Yontif started, it wasn't like that. When Yontif started, it wasn't in that massive. So that's the Tana that holds the Stam Tana going like Rabbi Yehuda. So the Stam Tana and Beitzel holds like Rabbi Yehuda. So therefore, Mukamal the Beitzel like Rabbi Yehuda. So therefore, Rav Nachum says, I want to make sure that the mission of Beitzel here has Beitzel aligned with Rabbi Yehuda. So it's a crazy thing. We're going to analyze why it's like that. But let's just make sure we understand what happens. There's a machlokas of Shimon Rabbi Yehuda which applies across the board by both Shabbos and by Yontif. Both Shabbos and Yontif have the laws of Moksa. In both cases, the, the fundamental machlokas between them is if I have something which is only for usage now, but when Shabbos and Yontif began, it wasn't in that matzah. Rabbi Shimon says, it's not a problem. Right now it's good. Everything's fine. 
Reb Shimon, Reb Yehuda is machmir. He says it wasn't omid for that when Shabbos began. It's muksa. Machlokas across the board. Many cases. A pit or a shell that's left over from a meal that now could be animal food. An animal that died and is a dead carcass on Shabbos. That would be another example. An egg which is born, which is laid from, from, from a chicken, which is omid as a gal We have many different cases. A beam which cracked open and now is in a piece of wood. I think those are the four cases, at least, which we've seen, which would all be machlokas Reb Shimon and Reb Yehuda. They would all disagree. How do we pass him? In Shabbos, we have a Stam Mishnah that's Mako like Reb Shimon. In Beitzah, we have a Stam Mishnah which is Machmer like Reb Yehuda. So now, Rev Nachman comes along and he says, buy the egg which is in Mesechah's Beitzah. Beitzah is Machmer because the Stam Tana is Machmer later on. Everything's great. And Shabbos, where the Stam Tana is Mako, will make Beitzah like the Stam Tana that is Machmer. In Shabbos, where the Stam Tana is 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 um in is Mako, so we'll make Basilo like the Tana who is Mako, and we'll allow him to move the shells. Okay, but the Gemara now asks the obvious question. Mihti, Mount Stam of the Mistisim, who is deciding what the Stam Mishnah is? Rebbe, Maishnah what's going on? Basically what we're asking is what do we hold? Do we hold the Yam Muksa or do we not hold the Muksa? In Shabbos, we're Mako and Yantif for Machmer. Now if the Gemara is asking this in Rebbe, the Gemara could also ask in Basilo. It's basically the same question. Basilo, we just switched to a line like the Stam Tana, but that's good for the problem. You can't switch, you can't flip-flop between Shabbos and Yontif if you're asking like Reb Yudah or Reb Shimon. What's going on? Right? Again, Reb Yudah and Reb Shimon would say the same thing across the board. Either you hold the Muksa more stringently by both, or you're more mekel by both. That's Machlokas. But what is going on here in the Halacha? We're saying the Stam Tana said, in Shabbos will be lenient, in Yontif will be Machmer. And now Rav Nachman is just following Basilo. It's just making Basilo hold like that, Stam Tana. But how do you flip flop like that? So the Gemara answers Amri, Shabbos, the Chamir of Allah, Silas, Azuli, Bez, Azam, Gabbashin, and Demeko. When it's Shabbos, Shabbos is more Machmer, right? There's many more Dinim that are more Chamer on Shabbos. So therefore, if people are never, we're not concerned that people are going to lose their respect for a Shabbos. So we're able to say that Meikar Adin, the Halach is like Reb Shimon, which it is. Meikar Adin will pass like Reb Shimon. And on Shabbos, we have no problem giving people a Kula, which is the truth. As long as we don't see it leading to an issue, which we don't. So that's why in Shabbos, the Allah is like Reb Shimon, and Basilo says, that's why Reb Nachman made Basilo say, you're allowed to move the shells. However, Yontif to kill, Yontif to begin with is more mekel. For all see the Zalzule people are going to disrespect it. The second you say more leniencies, people are going to say, you know what? We'll just disrespect him more. So therefore, we bend the page the other way. Saw some Matanak, Reb Yudah the Machmer. Reb Yudah Anasi said that we're going to pass him like Reb Yehudah, the more Machmer opinion in the law of Muqsah. So it's like, you know what it is? It's like a strict Rabbanan. Really, the Allah is like Reb Shimon, there's no Muqsah. But on Yontif, we're more Machmer and we ask for Muqsah. That's what happened. Very interesting idea. Very interesting. Allah could compromise. On Yontif, we're more Machmer like Reb Yudah and Muqsah. On Shabbos, one more mako like Reb Shimon in Moksah. So now it makes sense. Ms. Hillo here is saying, don't eat the egg. I, Reb Shimon, will let you eat the egg. But in Yontif, one more like Reb Yehuda. In Shabbos, Ms. Hillo, Reb Nachman said, Ms. Hillo says you can move the shells. Because in Shabbos, we pass them like Reb Shimon. Frek the Gemara. Fine. So then we're good. Frek the Gemara. Mayu came to Hadwad. Reb Nachman established our Mishnah. Betan Gosma, Zagab, Beitz, and Mishnah Moksah. That the case was the hen was omade to make eggs. The issue was that the egg is Moksah. If that's the case, instead of arguing about the egg, why don't we argue about the hen? Meaning, let's say I have the hen, which was only to grow eggs. And now at 12 o'clock, I'm really hungry. And I say, you know what? Let me switch my mind. Let me just go shech the hen and slaughter it and eat it. Am I allowed to do such a thing? So Reb Shimon would say, yeah, because now that you want to switch your mind and eat it, so that's what it is. The hen could be a food. So that should be fine. It's not like a rock, which is not for Shemush. 
a hen could be for slaughtering and eating. But Rabbi Yehuda would tell you, don't do that. Why? Because it wasn't omit for that when Shabbos began. So, Beisham and Vesila are essentially arguing that Machlok is about the egg. So argue about the hen then. <laughs> Why do we have to bring in the egg to begin with? The egg, leave out an egg. No egg born. Just say, an, if I have a hen on Yontif, which is Omed, is a God of Beitif, and now the owner wants to switch his, the, the mindset and slaughter and eat it, Beishamah would say, don't. Beishamah would say, you could rather. Beishamah would say, you can't do that. So the Gemara says, the reason we spoke about the egg, he wanted to tell you how Mako Beishamah was. Even though the egg was Mamj Nolat, it didn't even exist before, we're still lenient. So it's a bigger chiddush to speak about that. Why don't you speak about the hen to tell us how far Rabbi Yisrael was machmer? Show that it's not only being machmer on the egg, he's even being machmer on the hen. Maybe you respond that it's always a bigger chiddush to tell me about how far somebody's mekel than to tell me how far somebody's machmer. So if I speak about the hen, I'm telling me a bigger chiddush how far Basil is machmer. But if I speak about the egg, it's a bigger chiddush how much Beishamah is mekel. So it's better to speak about the egg to tell me how far Beishamah is mekel. But it's still not a good, it's still not solving the problem. Just flipping both. Why can't, why, why is it exclusive? Why don't we speak about both? Tanagos, I should say, a hen which was only to produce eggs for both her and her egg. Beishamah could say you could eat both and Beishamah would say you cannot eat both. The Mishnah easily could have spoken about both issues. And the fact that the Mishnah did not seems that Rav Nachman is wrong. Again, Rav Nachman is saying that the mother hen here is Omedes Leh. God beats him. And the issue is the Muksa issue in the egg. So the Gemara is rejecting Rav Nachman. The Gemara is rejecting him because then we could have as well spoken about the hen. If the owner would want to slaughter and shech the hen, we would have the same issue. It wasn't omid for that when Yontif started, but it could. It's very much an item like that. could be slaughtered and eaten. And eaten, Beishamah, you should say, go for it. Beishamah, say not. For the fact we didn't do that, something is off. El Amar Rabbah. Now, this next line of Rabbah is Greisenu Musagin which don't come up that much. It's a real chiddish. It's beitz and dafbeiz and mebeiz. Not such an easy point here. Elama rabba and kamazom ezlagalachila. Rabba switches the case. Really, the mother was omed ezlagalachila. And that's why for sure is the mother muksa? No, the mother is not muksa. What was our problem? Our problem was that when the egg comes out then, it's just like a slice of bread, right? I had a loaf and I cut off a slice of bread. Everything's fine. Says rabba, we're dealing with the case that the egg was laid on the yontif that was a Sunday. So what? That it was laid on a Sunday. The issue we hear here is that it was prepared. There's a prepared principle here that all the food for Shabbos or Yontif meal has to be prepared on a weekday. It cannot have preparation from a holy day, either that day itself or if it was a holy day which precedes Yontif, like in this case where Yontif is a Sunday, you cannot have a preparation on a holy day for the Sudas Yontif. All of the Sudas Yontif must be prepared. All the food must be prepared when? Before. Now, wait a second, you'd be like, don't I cook on Yontif, right? I'm allowed to cook on Yontif. The answer is, cooking is not a problem. That's not called, that's not what we mean when we say prepared. When we say achana, we mean all the food has to be like designated for it's going to be used. So I could go ahead and designate the meat, it's all designated to go, and then I'll just cook it on Yontif, that's a problem. But the meat's around, right? But I can't have that the egg was only coming into preparation for my Yontif meal, on my Sunday Yontif meal, my breakfast on Sunday morning, it can't be that Shabbos prepared that. Now, what does it mean Shabbos prepared that? If it was born on Sunday, then Shabbos prepared that egg. What does that mean? So let's keep on going here. 
Metzius is that an egg which is laid today became fully informed inside the hen yesterday. That's the Metzius. It takes like a trigger of time. So if it was born on Sunday, you know that when did it fully form in the egg? When did it become a full egg? On Shabbos. It's always the day before that it formed. So therefore, even though you didn't do anything, but it comes out Shabbos prepared for Yantif. Does that make sense? Yantif is Sunday. The egg is laid on Sunday. The mother's not muksa, but we have a new issue that Shabbos cannot prepare for Yantif. And this is not an issue that we're saying, hey, it wasn't doesn't, you know, like a Yantif thing. We don't mean that because the hen is a, when Yantif started, the hen is a food. So it's just like a slice of loaf of bread. But we're introducing a new concept called Hachana. And that concept of Achana is that all of the Sudas of Yontif have to have been, all the things you were going to use, had to have been prepared by the weekday before. It cannot be prepared by the Shabbos before. Where in the world do we see this concept? This is a wild new idea. Achana de Rabbah. By the month, there's an extra pasuk. Will be on the sixth day, and they'll prepare what they need. So it's, the pasuk already said you should cook on, on Friday. So pshuto shomikra, you should prepare by cooking before. You don't need. So what is it saying they should prepare? So usually a sixth day of a week is a weekday. An ordinary weekday it prepares for Shabbos or Yontif meal. But Yontif can't prepare for Shabbos, and Shabbos can't prepare for Yontif. All the food. For the, that you're going to eat on Shabbos and Yontif has to have been around designated for its usage but on a weekday. That's the halacha. All the, there's like, think about it like this. There's a chashivas for your Shabbos and your Yontif meals that all the food that you're going to use and, 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 and plan on eating has to have been around and designated from, fry, from a, fry, a stam ordinary Friday, meaning from a weekday. So in our case, this egg, which is laid on Sunday, our issue is when was it prepared? It was prepared on Shabbos. It only became fully formed in the egg yesterday on Shabbos. It wasn't like that on Friday. So therefore, it's a problem of achona de rabba. To eat that egg on Sunday is achona de rabba issue. It's a meridika thing. It's not really muksa. You wouldn't really call it muksa. That's not the issue. The, we're out of muksa here. The, the mothers of mothers are like, oh, it's a food. But the issue is this food, the egg, 100% it's a food today. We know it's a food, everything. It's not like a regular muksa issue. Achana de Rabba issue, a new Daraisa wild Zayr Sarkasov that we never heard of until today. Achana de Rabba, which says that all food for Shabbos Suda or Yontav Suda, the food had to have been around and prepared on a regular, ordinary Yom Chol. And in our case, if Yontav would be Sunday, then the egg was only prepared by Shabbos. And since the food was prepared by Shabbos, that's a violation of Achana de Rabba. Okay? A new wild concept. Amalei Abaye. It's only a problem if it's a Yontif, which is a Sunday. If Yontif would be Monday, it'd be fine, right? Because it's not Muksa issue. The mother is Omedes Lachila, so you don't have a Muksa issue. And when was the egg formed? Yesterday, if they, so in my illustration where Yontif was Monday, that means Sunday prepared for Yontif. Give Haldik, Sunday's a lot of prepared for Yontif. So why is the Mishnah saying don't eat the egg? That only makes sense if it's Sunday. But if it's Monday, it doesn't make sense. So the Mishnah says, Zerim Shem Yontif we, look how far it went. Because of the case where Yontif would be a Sunday and you can't eat the egg. So the rabbis say, no matter what day of the week it is, don't eat the egg which is laid on Yontif to protect the case where Yontif is Sunday. An egg that's laid on a regular Shabbos which doesn't follow Yontif should be mutter. So in other words, you should be able to eat the egg. Now, this question in the Gemara is very puzzling. Why? Because on Shabbos, the mother is Muslim. The mother is, you can't shecht and eat it. The mother is not a food item on Shabbos. On Yontif, you could shecht. 
and prepare the food. So we don't have a muksa issue. So the only issue is Achana der Abba. So that's what the Gemara said a regular Yantar Shemim Mutter. But how is the Gemara asking about a regular Shabbat Shemim Mutter? Why? The Maisa and that Matzah, the mother's muksa. If the mother's muksa, so it comes out, it's a muksa item. How could the Gemara ask that? Very shvark line in the Gemara. The Gemara answered, it's Xero to protect the case where Shabbos follows Yontif, where, where Yontif is Friday, in which case if the egg came out, it would be a Chonot Rav issue because Yontif prepared for Shabbos, so therefore we say it's a problem. Okay, so it's Xero. Now, you might be bothered, I find, and that's the really, really we're good. Let me just finish the next Shaka Vatari and then we'll speak about an important point. Fine, so we make Xero. So according to Rabba, the case is the mother was a Metas La'achila. We have a new issue that if Yontif is a Sunday, it's Asr al Sachana de Rabba because Shabbos prepared for Yontif, new Yisrael of Sachana de Rabba, and we Asr any other day of the week as a Xero up to Sunday. Do we make Xeros like this? I'll show you, we don't make Xeros. Fatanya, it says in the Bible, let's say a different case. Not that the egg was born, the egg was not laid, but rather you shechted the egg, the hen, a very weird phenomenon happened. You found a fully developed egg. Now that's a very rare phenomenon because that means it, it was like just fully formed, but it didn't yet lay, right? You like nailed the second that it was fully formed and it didn't yet come out. A very bizarre case. But Lamaisa, that happened. You have a fully formed egg inside of the mother. We talk to Lachem Yantif. The Bryce says you're allowed to eat it on Yantif. What's the pshat? Pshat is because the mother wasn't muksa, was a mother's lachil. Everything's good. The egg is just a part of the mother, right? The egg is a part of the mother. Everything's good. It's a part of the food. It's, part, it's like a loaf with a slice of bread. Everything's fine. If the rabbis made Xerah to prepare Achana the rabbi, you're telling me that if Yontif is a Monday, you still can't eat the egg which is laid. Why? Because the rabbi said, don't eat it unto a case where Yontif was a Sunday. So, so to here, we should decree, don't eat the egg which is found inside of the mother as Xerah to protect the egg that was laid on a case, on, on today. This, it, this, it, we should make such a also. The same way you make a don't eat an egg which is laid on Monday. Ought to a case where the Yontif is a Sunday. Let's make another Xera, a different Xera, but just to protect the Chanukah, we should say, don't even eat the egg which you find inside of the mother, where there's no problem, to protect the case where the egg is laid on Yontif, where it is a problem, because then it was prepared by the Shabbos. So if we see we're not Gozer on the egg which is inside of the mother, we shouldn't be Gozer on the egg which is laid on another weekday, ought to Sunday. That's the Gemara's like comparison. The same way there you're not Gozer, so too here you're not Gozer. So the Gemara answers, this case where you slaughter the hen and you find a fully formed egg inside of the mother is very rare. Why is it very rare? Because it's very rare, right? Either if it's fully formed, it will come out. If it's not fully formed, it won't. You have to, just a very bizarre time. In other words, most of the time when you shech the hen, you either find underdeveloped eggs or you don't, right? Or they already came out. But to find a fully developed egg is a rare phenomenon. A rare phenomenon is the rabbis weren't goes around. That's always a very fundamental idea. The rabbis don't answer rare cases. So a rare case that you find the egg inside the mother, the rabbis didn't touch. That they let. But a case where the egg was laid on another weekday, the rabbis say, don't eat the egg. To protect the case where the egg is laid on a yontif, that's a Sunday, in which case you have a chana de rabbah. So that concludes Rabbah's Pshat. So what is Rabbah's Pshat? Rabbah's Pshat in our Mishra is that the, the mother hen is omedes la'achila. There's no regular moksa issue. Everything's fine. The mother is a food. The issue with eating the egg which is laid is a case where it's yontif is a Sunday. If yontif is a Sunday, we have a new issue called achana de rabbah. Again, I can't say this enough. It's just like something new. Out of the left field, a new issue called achana de rabbah, which is all the food for yontif for Shabbos meal had to have been designated by a weekday time. So this egg which is laid on Sunday, was when did it become 
designated ready to use only yesterday on Shabbos. It only fully formed inside of the mother on Shabbos. So therefore, it's a violation of Achanah to Rabbah to eat that egg now. Now, that really only applies if Yontav is a Sunday. That's not an issue if Yontav is any other day of the week. And Anachanami, 100%. It's just Xera that we protect up to the case where Yontav is a Sunday. That's the conclusion of Rabbah. And as we see in the Gemara, we only ask for that. We don't ask for a case where the egg is formed, is found inside of the mother. Now, Tysus has a very interesting question here, which you might be wondering, which we'll just speak really quickly. We're coming out, there's this new thing called Achana de Rabbah, which is that all the food that is there for a Shabbos or a Yontif meal has to have been prepared by Yom Chol. It can't be prepared by Yom Kodesh. That's the idea of Achana de Rabbah. So if you remember the idea, we're going to learn it later in the second parak of Erev Tafshilin. Erev Tafshilin is where, where you have Shabbos and it's preceded by Yontif. So we have this idea, you know, you make some sort of Erev, some sort of reminder, some sort of Rabbanan concoction over here, and then you can prepare. You're allowed to go ahead and cook on Yontif for Shabbos. So Tysus is very bothered. Wait a second. That all makes sense if like it's all Rabbanan issues, not so bad. But here we have this new issue called Achana de Rabba. We're introducing today a Daraisa concept that only Chol Mechan the Shabbos of Yontif. And your mom is violating that every single time, right? You're going ahead and you're going to do all these preparations on Yontif for Shabbos. Tysus wants to know why is that not a violation of Achana de Rabba? This is Tysus's question, which is a very strong one. So Tosos explains that Rabbah is Lishi Tosso, and we're going to see this later on in Daft. You might remember from Sacham Mem Zion. We're going to learn it again in Daft Zion that there's a principle called Hoel. Hoel means that when you cook on Yontif for Shabbos, you're not really just cooking for Shabbos because maybe a guest will show up at your door and you might need the food right now. So even though you plan on using it on Shabbos, you really might be cooking for Yontif. On a Daraisa level, that's why it's not a problem to cook on Yontif to Shabbos. It's not because you're really cooking for Yontif. That's really what you're doing. You're really cooking for Yontif. Even though my mind, I'm planning, it's Friday, I'm planning on cooking for Shabbos, I'm putting up the chalun, but maybe a guest will come and I'm going to need the food now, which I'm allowed to do. I'm allowed to cook on Yontif. So therefore, Taisus Tainus of Mardi Gazach, Rabbah's Lashitaso, there are two things that Rabbah said. Rabbah says of Hoel, we learn him Sacham Em Zayin. Rabbah also here is telling me there's Achana de Rabbah. Both things need each other. Because if you hold of Achana de Rabbah and you don't hold of Hoel, you would never be allowed to cook from Yontif to Shabbos. The rabble, the tells who holds a bowl, that's why it's downgraded only to Adrabanan, and that's why Eir Tashilin is good. But otherwise, there is a concept of Achana de Rabbah, which we see very much at play. Achana de Rabbah here is saying that when the egg is laid on Sunday, even though the mother was Omedes La you cannot eat the egg. Why can you not eat the egg? What are we learning? Because it was formed on Shabbos, so that means Shabbos prepared it for Yantif, and Achana de Rabbah therefore says you can't not eat that egg on Yantif. Yantif.